You know, about these Bibles, when we give, everything we own belongs to God. When we give our finances, we ought to make sure they're going in the right place. That way you'll get a greater dividend from it. In the natural world, you want to invest your money where to bring the greatest dividend. You do research. Brother Cubaloid in the Philippines, when Japan invaded the Philippines during World War II, America sent troops there. One of the American soldiers was fighting by Brother Cubaloid's dad. An American soldier got shot. Before he passed away, he reached in his uniform, pulled out a New Testament, and gave it to Brother Cubaloid. That was the beginning of the Cubaloid family coming to Christ and all of them being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Brother Cubaloid's brother has a mega church in the Philippines. They're doing a miraculous work over there because of one Bible. Dr. Cho was dying in a teenager in a tent on a dirt floor with tuberculosis. Blood was already coming through his skin. A young lady came by and gave him a New Testament or a Bible. And he said, I don't need that. Buddha's going to heal me. But he did read some in it, and she came back a little bit later. He was reading in the book of Genesis. She said, you don't need, you ain't got time to read in the Bible. You need to start in Matthew. The Lord miraculously healed him. He died here just recently with a church over one million people. He said the key to building the church... It's prayer and believing. That's the key. You got to have prayer and you got to have the believing. So when we put our money in the right place and God recognizes it, you can expect a hundredfold harvest in the harvest. So you got to be careful where you install your money and who you give it to and how you give it. It's called sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. Make sure you put it in the right place. I feel the awesome presence of the Lord today in the Sunday school class. I just really enjoyed it so much. I want you to take your Bible and turn to John 14 and 26. 14 and 26. Praise God. Praise the Lord. John 14 and 26. The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. We're going to title this this morning, Prayer and Fasting. That's one of the keys for the church and that's one of the keys for a Christian to have a strong Christian life is to pray and to fast. And one thing the devil never wants you to do and that's to fast. Because fasting is killing the flesh. Shelby Crump done a wonderful job last Saturday night, I believe it was. Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach have been to go the 21 days. 
they just ate fruit and vegetables. It was not a fast. That is not a fast. I thought it was miraculous. Well delivered. A fast, according to the scriptures, is going without food or water. You have to do without something. You've got to punish your flesh. Most of the people fast drinks water. Jesus drank water in the 40 days of fast. You said, how do you know that? Because he said he came out hungry. Then mentioned about him being thirsty. So a fast. Then all the things by the power of the Holy Ghost. We ought to make sure. I credit some of this that I've learned from Sister Linda. She's the only person I ever heard say this. She got to sell a trailer car. She wrote down everything was wrong with it and prayed about it and told them. This is what's wrong with that car. I've never forgot that. We ought to learn to pray about everything before we do it, and we'll see a greater dividend in our lives. We will get past some things that's in our lives. Dr. Cho said he credits that young lady. He'd never seen her again, and the missionaries that came to South Korea is the reason that South Korea had such a wonderful, miraculous miracles going on over there. So we want to learn to do all things how? By the Holy Spirit. Find out if it's his will. Zechariah 4 and 6 says, saith the Lord, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my Spirit, saith the Lord. Jesus only operated under the Spirit. And that's what he wants us to do, to operate under the Spirit. Now, Genesis 32 and 24, those of us here Wednesday night got this, but we want to give it again. Jacob wrestled with an angel, which was the Lord Jesus Christ, all night. And the Lord wounded him. Now, sometimes you're going to be wounded in the house of God. You say, well, that should not be, but you're in the house of God, and God's going to wound you. And the reason he wounds you to see what kind of attitude we're going to have and test our faith. I'll come back to that again in a minute. It's vitally important to have the right attitude when you're wounded. He was wounded, and the angel said, you got to let me go. Daylight's coming. He was at Penel, meaning the house of God. He said, I am not going to let you go. Listen, when you get wounded, why don't you cry out to the Lord, I am not going to let you go until you bless me. And the Lord blessed him with this, with the power, with authority with God, and authority with man. When we come out of a fast and a praying, we ought to have authority with God and a power with men. That's what he had. And then he said, I saw the Lord face to face. There's not many people can ever say that. Moses saw him face to face. So the wonderful things of God is happening in our world today. Y'all got a big surprise coming here pretty soon. Easton Keener is going to preach. He has sent me messages through his mother that he has a message to preach. And I asked him this morning, was he ready? He said, I got my notes at home. I'll bring them. I want to get to that again in a minute. I want to thank God for the Sunday school classes, raising up our children, and I know they're getting some of it in the home. We need to be concerned about what happened to our children's lives. Like Brother Sam, we need to raise our children by the word of God. We need to have prayer with them and make sure they do these things. 
Now Daniel 11.32, it says, the people did not know their God. I mean, the people that knew their God shall be strong and do exploit. How many know that God wants you as an individual to be strong and do exploit in the kingdom of God? Amen. Remember the story in the book about, in the Bible said that the, the guy that the axe, the axe is lost. He barred that axe. He barred it for the purpose to cut some timber. He was on his way to the house of God to tear some timber to help build the house of God. And the book of Corinthians said when you come to church, you ought to bring something, a hymn, a song. When we come to the body of Christ, we need to bring something to the service of God that make it stronger than it's ever had. When you put your part in and I put my part in, we're going to see something happen that's never happened before in our lives. We have a responsibility to that. And Daniel, oh goodness, he birthed a revival. Brother Ken, I love that class this morning. I believe this, that God wants us to have a power of the Spirit of God in our lives every day just like it was when the mighty wind of the Pentecostal come flowing through us. And the Bible said in Daniel and them had a revival all the days of their life. We ought not to be praying for a revival. We ought to have a revival. We ought to be living in a revival. We ought to be living in the power of God. The world needs to see the power of God. What do they see when we're out of season? They need to see the glory of God manifested in our lives. There's some great things that are going to happen right here in this church, in this city, because people are praying and believing God. And Daniel says that. They birthed a revival, continuous all the days of their life. We all know the story, but Peter said, I'm going to stir up your pure mind by the remaining members so long as I'm here in this flesh. As long as I'm here. How many know that Daniel and them had promotion from every kingdom that come up? Ever, glory to God. No person on your job can keep you back. It's your attitude and your feeling that keeps you back. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. Your God is greater than anybody that's holding you back. I want you to start speaking like the song said a while ago. Elijah declared the word of God. Let's declare the word of God. Elisha spoke to the valley of the dry bones and they got out. Let's, let's make that a practice in our lives. That we're going to declare the living word of God. And the king, another thing about Daniel, he prayed always. He didn't have no special prayer meetings. I didn't know this not too long ago reading the book of Daniel again. I used to think he opened a window toward heaven. It didn't say that. It didn't say that. He said he went because he kept his window open toward heaven. Listen, we need to keep a... Whoo, hallelujah. I want y'all to help me this morning. He wants us to have a personal contact open to him all the time. Brother Mellon tried to dial, I don't know how many numbers this morning, trying to see how Barbara was and couldn't, so we got in the car to go down to the sea. Listen, when you dial him, and you're not going to get another number from somewhere. You're not going to get a busy line. You're going to get a direct answer from God because you are his child and he cares for you. The king said, Daniel, the God whom you serve continuously will protect your life. Can you say amen? I want you to know the God we serve, the world needs to know that he is our God and that he's going to protect us in everything we do. Amen? 
everything we do. Praise God. Some people say, well, I can't believe this is happening to me. I ain't never done this and I ain't never done that. Listen, you, you'd probably done some things you don't even know about that offends him you hadn't repented of yet. But let me go back a little bit further. I'll come to this again in a minute. He's going to lead you sometimes in a place that's really disappointing to your flesh when it's hurtful and it's painful. Sometimes we blame the devil, but I tell you, he's going to lead you there to check your attitude and test you. And then you're going to be like Jacob. You're going to come out with power with God and power with men. Amen? That's how you're going to come out of it because God has seen your attitude and he's going to promote you right in the face of your enemy. You will prosper a hundredfold, Brother Michael Taylor, in the face of your enemy like Isaac did. But you got to plant a seed when it don't look favorable. See what God has got to say about it. The Bible said in 2 Chronicles 26 and 5, as long as they sought God. Somebody ought to say amen. As long as they sought God, continuously on a regular basis, God made everything they did to prosper. How many want some prosperity in your life? Prosper in your health, prosper in your finances, prosper in everything you do. So as long as they sought God, everything they had prospered. I want some prosperity. I believe I've had some, but I want some more. Amen. Hallelujah. What, what did the king do all night long? Daniel was in the lion's den, asleep with his head on the pillow, one of the lions for a pillow, and the others he's laying on to get a soft, comfortable bed, and he was just laying there just sleeping and snoring away. Amen. But the king was walking the floor all the night long, fasting and praying. Oh, I want you to know that the God has got you in the lion's den sometime. He's got you, hallelujah, in a place that when you come out of there, you're going to get a promotion. Daniel got a promotion when he got out of there. Are you ready for a promotion? God wants you blessed. You ought to say with me, God wants me blessed. 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 Glory to God. Jesus' disciples asked him, how come we couldn't cast that demon out? He said, because of your unbelief. He said, because you don't get what you ask for because of unbelief. Well, I believe. Mark 16 said, these signs shall follow them that believe. You ought to go home and read that and see what it says. And then he says this. This kind... This kind, I, I, you know, there's some problems bigger than other problems. Right, Sister Pat? There's some things that's bigger than other things. But if David can kill all the giants in his land before he died, how much more so we can kill the giant that's coming against us? What is a giant? Worry, fear, anxiety, unbelief, and those things that upsets us. They are giants in our hearts and our land. That's why we need to speak to the mountain and cast it into the sea because that's what those things are. We have the power and the authority to use the living word of God that he's given us to say those things. You have not because you're not saying it. But Jesus said this kind. How many's got a good this kind in your life? It's only going to happen through prayer and what? 
A lot of miracles can't be happening until there's a seed sown. And there's not, not going to be none until you sow some seed, fasting and praying. John 14, 26, Jesus said, The Holy Spirit will teach you and lead you. If we seek the face of God, he will teach us and lead us in all things. We will not be making so many mistakes that we make. John's ministry was in the wilderness. Sometime our greatest ministry is going to come out of us while we're in the wilderness. You say, well, he was full of the Holy Ghost. He was full of power. Jesus said no prophet in all the world since beginning of the time ever grew up greater than John the Baptist. John the Baptist is the greatest prophet who ever lived. But then he looked at you and looked at me and said, but you are greater than John the Baptist because you're filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. You got the gift of God in your life. You're greater than he was. But his greatness was in the wilderness. I want you to look up when you're in the wilderness. Your greatness is in that wilderness. Hmm? The Bible said Jesus was baptized and come out of the water full of the Holy Ghost and full of power. And then what happened? Somebody tell me that knows your scripture, then what happened? And the Spirit, thank you, Brother Arnie, and the Spirit did what? led him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil 40 days and 40 nights. Listen, to those 40 days and 40 nights, he didn't really get hungry until after the 40 days. Oh, glory to God. But the Bible said he come out full of faith, full of power, and his fame spread throughout all the world. When we come out of the wilderness, we ought not to look like we've been in the wilderness. I'm talking about our attitude. We ought not to look we've been in hard trying times and tell everybody that how hard it is, how much trouble I've had, put it on Facebook and spread it everywhere. We need to declare the word of God. Like the Sunday school class this morning, the word, he said, who done this to you? He said, I don't know, but I know I'm healed. He said, you know he's a sinner. I don't know whether he's a sinner or not, but I want you to know that I've been delivered. How many know that you've been delivered? It ought to be declared we've been delivered from the powers of the darkness of this world. It ought to echo out of our mouths wherever we are. Because we're not in the world, we're not of it. I mean, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We don't have the worldly attitude. If Jesus had to go in the wilderness, <laughs> you got to go. If you don't, you're above him. And the Bible said no man or woman is above him. Something good is not about to happen. I used to say that. Something good is about to happen. Something good is not about to happen. Something good is happening. It's happening every day of our lives. We'll share some more of that with you here in a minute. As many as led by the Spirit of God are what? So Jesus was the Son of God, so he was led where? In the wilderness. You're the Son of God, so you're going to be led somewhere, sometime where? In some hard, disappointing times. 
Though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He says, I just walk through it. I'm not putting no, no tent and staying there. I'm not staying there. I'm just walking. Amen. I'm just walking through it. Hallelujah. I'm not, I'm not staying there. I'm just walking there. Something is going to only happen in our lives until we fast and pray. We're working on that. Probably get this end open up down here where you can come at times and you say, well, I can pray at home. You can. And you should. But you should attend corporate prayer meetings if you're led by the Spirit. Corporate prayer meetings. They prayed at home. But you find this in Genesis, I mean Acts 3. Peter and John was on their way where? The ninth hour for what, what, what reason? For corporate prayer. They was going to meet in a corporate place to pray. To pray. And you should pray at home. But sometimes you're going to need to leave your home if you're led by the Spirit and you're going to attend corporate prayer meetings. Because sometimes when you walk in a corporate prayer meeting, when you walk in, somebody done been in there and got the fire heart. We had it down in this life center some time ago, and I tell you, some mornings you walk in there, some of them done been here and gone, I think. But when you walk through that door, you could feel the breath of the Holy Ghost. You could feel somebody had been in there. And it makes a praying a lot easier when you're in a corporate prayer meeting, when somebody's already attacked the powers of the darkness. It makes it better. And the Bible said in First Thessalonians, pray without what? Ceasing. Pray until you get it done, okay? If you don't get it done tonight, you're going to be back when? Tomorrow. You're going to keep calling on. I would say to anybody that's in the ministry, your number one job is not preaching behind the pulpit. That's not your number one job. And your number one job is not being the over the board members. That's not your job. Now, I know I do that, but that's not my job. His job is prayer. A preacher ought to spend more time in prayer and studying the word of God than he does anything else in this world. That's what he said, Acts 6. We can get so busy. I hear people say, well, I am so busy. And I'm not throwing no stone. I'm trying to help you. I've never been so busy in all my life. I got all this to do. The lady in Ecclesiastes said, I was busy keeping other people's vineyard, but my vineyard I have not kept. We've got to keep our vineyard, and even though you've got to lay aside some of this business and things that's keeping you busy, like Martha coming about by many things, you're going to have to learn to lay aside some of that and get in the prayer closet or get in the Word of God and set at the feet of Jesus and let him speak to your life and let some of this other stuff go. That's what a minister's got to do, and I believe children of God need to do that. And I believe the Bible teaches you ought to get in the closet and pray. Pray. That means shut out the world. I wished it was that easy. Oh how, oh, how I wished. I don't. I, I have really been struggling lately with some of these things. How easy it is to get in the prayer closet and pray. I like what Sister Linda said Wednesday night. 
If John the Baptist saw Jesus face to face and heard the word saying, the one you baptize and see the dove set on, you will know that that's the Messiah. But when he got in prison, he sent his disciples and said, go ask him, is he the disciple? If John has that problem, <laughs> the greatest of all the prophets, <laughs> I mean, you know that we're going to have some problems sometime to know for sure if that's really the Christ that we need to be following. Something great is happening in your life. Great is happening in your life. Great things is happening. Hallelujah. Acts 12 and 3. Peter was kept in prison. I thank God that I am not in a physical prison. <laughs> you say, Brother Billy, have you ever been in jail? Yes. <laughs> You know, that don't that surprise you? And somebody said, no, it doesn't surprise me. When I was in the service one time, I got caught speeding in another guy's car. I, well, I won't go any further. But anyhow, but I tell you, you can get just as bad in prison in this life as you can in a jail. Your spirit can be in a prison where you can't operate and you can't function. You can't feel the presence of God. Peter was in jail. He was in shackles and chains. The guards were guarding him. I want you to know there's a devil. Anybody know there's a devil? He guarding your life, trying to make sure that you don't get break free. Pray God I'm free. Amen. How many are glad you're free? How many are glad that God has set you free? And whom the Lord set is free are free indeed. But here he is. The man with the keys to the kingdom of heaven is in prison and can't get out. But the church made prayer for him without ceasing. Sister Linda, I remember something you said not too long ago <laughs> about that. <laughs> she said, I don't know where the church got the power now not to pray yet. Brother Billy or somebody out of prison, they get in prison. Listen, we ought to have the same power they got to pray for people. Listen, there's something a lot worse being locked up already in jail and Linda that's being in prison in your natural life and you can't get free. You can't worship God like you want to and you can't get the things from God that you want to get from God. But there's prayer without ceasing prayer without ceasing. They prayed until the Lord sent the angel to get him out. We're going to start praying until you get out. We're going to start praying until people in this city get out and your requests are answered. Praise God. Praise God. Brother Mevin and I went to see Sister Barbara this morning. He said, let's stop by this so-and-so down there. We found out this so-and-so was in there, so we went in there. And what's the matter with you? He said, I got rocky-mounted, spotted, tick fever. He said, they're not sure, but they sent my test off to this doctor specializing that was a woman. She said, I don't believe you got it. I believe you on the end of it. Ooh, are you glad that you may not have it yet, but you're right, you not being totally delivered yet, but you're right on the end of coming out. And Brother Melvin said, you mind when we pray for you? He said, no, not all means pray for me. Oh, God, listen, hallelujah. I've had that one time, <laughs> spotted rock and tick fever. I won't go into that. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that God is a deliverer. How many glad that God is a deliverer? 
is the deliverer. He's not going to be the deliverer. He's not about to deliver. He is the deliverer. He is the deliverer. They prayed without ceasing. They prayed without ceasing. Hallelujah. They prayed always. I think Brother Ken's learning how to pray always. To pray always. Amen. Acts 13, five men got together. And the Bible said they were worshiping and praising God and they were fasting. And the Holy Spirit began to speak. I mean, want to hear the Holy Spirit begin to speak to you. He's in you. He don't have to come. You don't have to pray, oh, Jesus, please come and talk to me. You don't need to do that. He's in you. His mind is in you. His spirit's in you. As they worshiping and praising and giving thanks to God, the Holy Spirit began to speak. He said, separate Barnabas and Paul for the work that I've called you. Every person that has the Spirit of God in their life is called for a special reason, for a special purpose, to be sent by the Spirit of God. People commit, have ever since I've been in the ministry, I don't want to leave Cass County. The Lord hadn't called me to leave Cass County. I'm going to sort of be like Melinda Hogan. That, that's going to have to be in writing. You know, I, I'm going to have to know more than that. Like Brother Keller, when he come to Atlanta, the, the pastor, he said, some of them said, well, you just go on a hunch of this. He said, I'm not going on no hunch. I'm going to have to really know that it's God. How many know we really need to know it's God? There's a lot of spirits in this world. We need to try the spirit to know see if that spirit is really of God. And if it's really of God, then we need to act upon it. Amen? And then we will see immediate results. Well, I hope I'm going to get it. You'll never get it. If you're hoping to be healed, you'll never be healed. If you're hoping the thing's going to change, it'll never change. Hope is a future tense. Faith is present tense. When you say, I got it. I mean, we're still saying that song. I've got it. We need to speak what we have. We need to speak what God has said about us. Amen? Writer said the worst problem we have in this world is trying to deal with the new man and not the old man because he's old but learning how to walk in the new man what God has called us to be. To be what God has called us to be. And he broke out of jail because prayer was made consistently. Consistently. He broke out of jail. James 5.16 said, Effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The Greek word for availeth is said to be power or to be strong. It's to exercise the power that's been given us like Elijah did. Now in Deuteronomy 32 and 30 says, One chase a thousand and two chase ten thousand. What would happen if the church really get in that spirit, praying without ceasing? If one can chase a thousand, what can two do? Under the anointing of God, bringing something together, the wonderful things of God. Hallelujah. Some of the greatest revivalists ever broke out, one of them was two women. There was eldered and there was bedfast. And the Spirit of the Lord moved on them and they began to pray. A mighty revival broke out in that community. 
we're getting in the habit of saying, well, I just can't do that. I done got too old. I know I'm not getting up on that roof no more because Diane told me I wasn't. But I, I'm not, well, I'm not going by that. <laughs> Is that right, Brother Melvin? <laughs> he know, he, he know what I'm going to have to tell him not to get up on one no more. He got up on one and what? Couldn't get down, had to wait for somebody to come by his house and get him down. But we're not limited by the power of the Holy Ghost in our lives. Our fleshly man can limit the power of the Holy Ghost, but God does not want to see that happen in our lives. If two women bed fast, start praying, and bring a revival, how much so can we pray and bring a revival to this city? Bring a revival to this city. Hallelujah. Prayer. I think this word is right. I asked Keith about it. It's Hebrews. A revival broke out among the children praying. The whole city was brought under revival by children praying. By children praying. And the Bible said a child shall lead them. That don't mean a little bitty baby. That means somebody's still a child in the spirit. Still alive in the spirit. Still got a hold of God. And I brought some books along. I want to share a little bit with you. And this is one about the vision beyond the veil. About children that are living in poverty. And some of them are so dirty and naked you can't even know to tell their individuals. But they got them in the church, cleaned them up, and started praying with them. And they're prophesying. They're prophesying. Filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So you couldn't tell it's the same children. I'm telling you, God changes lives. He's not about to change life. He is changing lives. Because somebody is seeing the need and, and turning their hand to it. He's alive. My God is what? That don't mean he's alive up in heaven. He's alive in here. Oh, glory to God. I'm going to share something else here, another book. The church ought to be in revival and stay in revival until Jesus comes. I intend to be in revival until I leave this world. I intend to stay on fire until I leave this world. The scripture teaches that we're going to have to be as much on fire the day we leave here, the day that we got into the kingdom of God. We're going to have to be on fire. Revival fire. Let me read you something here. This guy was a bishop. He was a former Muslim for 50 years. A Muslim. High ranking a Muslim. Listen to what it said about him. Whose physical and spiritual life was saved by radical visitation from Jesus Christ. The guy writing the book said he told me worry is like atheism in disguise we got the power of God in our life let me share something else here with you about what one man did what one man did his name is Jeremiah can't pronounce his last name he's quiet but he was very zealous single man for a revival in his town in 1857 he decided to have prayer, and he opened the door. 
and he invited, sent out flowers. He invited people to come. Time goes on. I won't go through all that. Nobody came, but he's still there. I read the other day where the Lord had called this couple to go to this, this place and start our church. I believe they preached two years. Nobody on the pew, but they just preached and sang for two years because they knew God had called them. When long two came, they had two children, made them the Sunday school superintendent over two children. When long more came, well, I'll let you figure out the rest of it. When we know if the Spirit of God has called us, we have anointed to do something. Then it goes on to say here, how many came before it was all over with? It's up in the thousands. Up in the thousands was reached because they came to that prayer meeting. Dr. Cholnim has what they call Prayer Mountain. 30-something thousand people there praying around the clock. Around the clock. I would like to see us start having something in prayer around the clock. When we first got through modeling the church down there, we opened it up in the morning. And some of us gathered there in the mornings before we went to work and pray. Jesus asked the question one time, how come you can't just pray one hour? If we really want to see something done in the kingdom of God, it's going to have to start with some prayer. It's going to have to be some fasting. Some things going to happen with fasting. He said, why can't you just pray one hour? How many hours in a day? Huh? What's 10% of 24? What's 10% of 24? Wouldn't it be make a big difference if we would spend at least 2.4 hours a day either in the Word of God or praying? Paul McCourt, I believe got Gina to get this book, A More Excellent Way is about a doctor and some other doctors that feel with the Holy Ghost that studies the Scriptures and pray. He sleeps six hours a day and spends 18 hours a day working. He says, I want to spend my life working for humanity in the medical field and in the spiritual field, gathering people to the kingdom of God. And I'm not saying we've got to do that, but I'm saying we've got enough time, glory to God. How many got a wash machine in your house? How many got a dishwasher? How many got a cook stove? They claim you got 200 servants in your house today. That's what they claim. You got 200 servants in your house today. You don't value a wash machine. I've seen the day when it took all day long, most all of us working to do a wash. This is the way we wash our clothes. What I'm saying is that we have the time, if we will plan it right, to spend some time each day with God. We have some time to come to corporate prayer meetings. There's people that came by down there. We had no music. It's sort of dark in the church on their way to work. And they stopped and prayed. They may not stop five minutes. I missed uh, 
got a name, Parker. Shane Parker. He was the one that would come nearly every day in there praying. I remember some of the message he preached. I remember one he preached up there on riding on a bicycle. Oh, I'm telling you, church, we have the time because God gives us that time. And when we invest that time in him, he'll do more than we imagine what we'll do because we're doing it for him. One minister says, I have got to spend at least four hours a day on my knees of praying because I'm so busy. I got to get that done. Prayer, will, God will do things in your life while you're praying. It'd be amazing. I want to encourage us to fast and pray. We're going to be setting some time to fasting and praying and have it open down there where you could come by. Make time to pray at home. Hmm? Close your door. Let's go back to, I wish that was way that all you had to do is close the door and get in there and that was it. But I tell you, there's some darknesses in there. The powers of the darknesses of hell come against you because they're going to try to stop you from doing, reaching God. But when you pray and get in the presence of God, you're going to walk out of that closet with more favor with God than you ever thought you had in your life. You're going to see God move more in your life. You're going to see more happy, joyful life. God's people ought to be the most joyful people on the face of this earth. Joy of the Lord is our strength. How many need some strength? You need some joy. God bless you. I'm not going to ask them to come back up and sing. I just feel the presence of the Lord today. Prayer births revival. But it will change us first. You'll be surprised what it'll do in your life when you make some commitment to pray. Well, I'm going to pray at home. You ought to pray at home. They went to the ninth hour corporate prayer. They prayed in the house to get Peter delivered, but yet they prayed at home. Jesus prayed a lot in the wilderness. One time he was doing a lot of healing, a lot of healing, he slipped out away from them and they went and looked for him and they found him out in the wilderness praying, praying. They said, behold, he prayeth. So be a praying person. Shut out the world sometime. I don't believe you got to get in a physical closet. You may do, but I believe the most important thing, you got to shut out the world. You cannot multitask and pray. And there's some of you in here, I think Jean met us, I've seen her before, she's a great at multitasking. But you can't be that when you pray. Can only be one, you and him. Oh God. People say, God never speaks to me. You probably don't never give him a chance because we're talking too much. When you say something, Wait to let him say something. He got some good stuff to say. He'll fascinate you once he gets to talking. You won't want to talk no more. Because he'll be blessing you so strong and so dynamically good. Don't sing that old song no more. Something good's going to happen to me. I know I've been singing that. I quit that. 
something good is happening to me today. Today. Today is a day of salvation. People say we're looking for miracles. I'm looking at right over here, a miracle right there. Y'all ought to turn your eyes over here to the child's family. Your, your, did I get that name right? Their daughter was raised from the dead. I believe according to the doctors. Because the church prayed. Because they prayed. Because mama was on her knees down there in that hospital. That's right. Put your hands together and give a God a good clap. The mother was on her knees, her face in the floor, weeping and crying, and people standing around watching. She didn't care. She wanted such the king of kings, that the power and the glory of God that would raise that child up, wouldn't let him go in there, but until they, oh, hallelujah. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. Somebody heard that baby crying. Somebody shouted in the hospital, said, that's a good sign. Come forth. Because somebody prayed and brought life where death was. Miracles is happening in our lives all around us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's happening. Praise God. Stood by highway patrolman. Talked with him a little while down there. He was so amazed. He said, we had the same thing happen a few weeks ago. But that child didn't make it. The reason they did, church, because we're not praying. Get down on our knees and pray. Bombard God. Don't let him have no rest. Isaiah said, don't, don't, don't give him no rest. He said, Brother Billy, you ought to close. Okay, I'll close. The old movie goes way back yonder. Gregory Peck. These people had murdered and killed. It was four of them. And he was tracking them. When night came, he asked the young man who was with him, said, you got to watch? He said, no. He said, take mine. He said, you got a gun? He said, no, take mine. Go up on a rock in a high place. Every hour, I want you to shoot that gun. One of the people who was with him said, don't do that. They'll know we're close by. He said, I want them to know I'm a coming. We need to let the devil know I'm a coming. Amen? We need to be a shout. Let him know that we're right behind. Praise God. Going to get our victory. He finally called all four of them. I mean, most everything in life, if you, 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 you could be able to see God working in it. Because he's so wonderful. He's wonderful. God bless you today. You're wonderful because God is in your life. I'm going to let this little light of mine shine. People say, well, I'm just going to let my light shine. That'll win them. I ain't never seen one person. I don't believe one to God by letting your light shine. You got to speak it. God created this world by speaking it. If we're going to control the world, we got to learn to speak it. He spoke it in existence. We have the power and authority to speak the things in existence. Like Brother Ken said, he went to Walmart, Walmart the other day and said, look like everybody's so sad. They, sometimes people got a right to be sad. I tell you, when you're down there walking, pushing that bug in, you, know, you can't know where you're going to be able to buy grocery to buy medicine or not, but they need to hear somebody say hi. Watch them turn around and look at you. We got the joy, joy of the Lord deep down in our hearts. Oh, let it shine, let it shine. How you let it shine? By speaking it. 
God bless you. I'm going to speak blessings over you. When you leave this place, you're going to have one of the greatest afternoons you ever had in your life. And you're going to have the greatest week coming you ever had in your life. Something great is happening in your life today. God bless you for being here. You're dismissed in the Lord.